You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. Welcome back to another podcast. I'm back from my summer break and excited to be bringing you another episode of Pandora's Box during a time of chaos and confusion. Today I want to talk about black and white, all or nothing thinking, because this kind of thinking shows up in codependence, addicts, and personality disorders, to name a few. I notice this kind of thinking in myself at times, and I notice it in others. But as we move towards greater emotional health, we need to confront this type of thinking in ourselves and learn to recognize it in others. I first learned about black and white thinking when I was in school for addictions counselor training, and I was required to participate in a certain number of 12-step programs. It was recognized that black and white thinking was common with addicts and with their codependent partners. When we are engaged in black and white thinking, we're not aware of the shades of gray in between. Our friends, family members, or romantic partners are either amazing or horrible, lovable or hated, good or bad, right or wrong. In personality disorders, there's something called splitting, where the object of one's affections is either all good or all bad. There's no in-between. This is what causes the idealization and the devaluation common in personality disorders. Believe it or not, this begins early in life as a defense mechanism against painful circumstances or childhood abuse. Splitting is a psychological mechanism which allows the person to tolerate difficult and overwhelming emotions by seeing someone as either good or bad, idealized or devalued. This makes it easier to manage the emotions that they are feeling, which on the surface seem to be contradictory. However, we all engage in splitting to some degree. We tend to view people as good or bad depending on how they treat us, how they make us feel, and how they treat the people that we love. In relationships, splitting or black and white thinking is what causes us to toss the baby out with the bathwater. We may not recognize that bad behavior doesn't make the person himself bad. Everybody engages in behavior they might not be proud of. People do things or say things when they're upset or dysregulated that they wish they hadn't done. This doesn't make them bad people. We can all lose our temper or shut down or not be perfectly honest or blame others. This is being human. Splitting was first described by Ronald Fairbairn in his formulation of object relations theory. 
It begins as the inability of the infant to combine the fulfilling aspects of the parent, the good object, and their unresponsive aspects, the unsatisfying object, into the same individuals, instead seeing the good and the bad as separate. In psychoanalytic theory, this functions as a defense mechanism. As children, we are dependent upon our parents and need to love them. So our tendency is to cut off from the abusive, neglectful parts of a parent and focus on what we love. This is a survival mechanism that may serve us as young children, but does not serve us as adults. Unfortunately, all dysfunction in our adulthood comes from getting stuck in childhood patterns and bringing them with us into our adult relationships. Black and white thinking comes with us into our adult relationships because we never learned how to take the good with the bad and find the shades of gray. Instead of seeing a loved one as having made a mistake, we might see them as being a mistake. We might say ourselves this way too. Instead of seeing that we made a mistake, we might say that we are a mistake. The stronger the tendency to have black and white thinking, the less accepting we are of the humanness in others and in ourselves. We may expect perfection, or at the very least, we may expect that the people in our lives perfectly meet our needs, which is impossible. The desire for a partner to perfectly meet our needs comes from unmet needs in childhood. These unmet needs follow us into adulthood and we project them out onto the people in our lives, especially our romantic partners. There can be a tendency to get angry at a partner for not meeting our needs and depending on our own level of dysfunction, we can split that partner into the unsatisfying love object that has failed us in some way. Now we see this kind of behavior magnetized in narcissistic personality disorder and borderline personality disorder. This is because splitting can happen so quickly and out of the blue that we become the bad guy or the enemy and we don't know what we did. It happens very suddenly. It's not that we did anything wrong, but the personality disordered individual when triggered projects something onto us that doesn't belong to us. Suddenly we're being accused of doing or saying something that we didn't do or say. Although splitting and black and white thinking can be grouped together as the same thing, we don't tend to use the word splitting for low level dysfunctional behavior. Splitting tends to be used to describe personality disordered behavior when there's an actual break from reality or psychosis present. With black and white thinking, a partner may have an affair which destroys your trust and really hurts you. And this is a real event. You're not creating this event in your head or imagining it. It's something that happened. And your partner may even admit that it happened. As a result of your own pain, you may get really angry at your partner and even feel that you hate him. You may see him as the bad guy in your relationship and even attempt to convince others that he's a bad guy for cheating on you. Now, cheating doesn't make your partner a bad person, but the behavior is certainly bad, especially if you have a commitment of fidelity. 
he's betrayed your trust. The relationship may be irreparable. Your partner may even feel that he's made a mistake and he might ask your forgiveness. If you have black and white thinking, you probably wouldn't be able to forgive him or move forward in the relationship because you see him as a horrible person, which undermines any good you've had in the relationship. And I'm not saying if you don't have black and white thinking that you should try to repair the relationship. You may not feel you can rebuild the trust and prefer to just cut your losses and move on. But you may eventually see that he's not a bad guy. He just went through a period of feeling lost, disconnected, hurt, confused, or whatever he might have been going through that led him to that behavior, to that acting out. In my research in borderline personality disorder, it is typically said that borderlines are often really beautiful, sensitive people who have a mental illness, causing them to engage in some pretty extreme and hurtful behavior. I know myself, I've had a tendency to categorize personality disordered people into the really bad choice category. I don't talk enough about the beautiful qualities that are present with someone who has a personality disorder. When I did my last podcast on borderline personality disorder, a few women got upset with me for painting them in such a bad light, or that's how they perceived my show. I realized I'd been biased because of the number of men I'd been working with who went through a pretty intense and crazy relationship with a borderline woman. And that's what inspired that episode. As an empath, I often empathize a little too much with my clients and even develop negative feelings for their borderline or narcissistic partner. And I realize I need to heal this in myself in order to be a more grounded, neutral support person. I realize that I had a lot of borderline listeners and followers of my work because it's typical that borderlines will match up with narcissists. I also realize that a majority of people who get involved with narcissists do have borderline traits, especially those who are highly empathic, sensitive personalities. Complex post-traumatic stress also has many of the same traits as borderline personality disorder. So this whole process of understanding has helped me to go deeper into my own black and white thinking. I realized I needed to develop more compassion and understanding for the wounded souls whose wounds have led them to develop destructive coping mechanisms or mental illness. We still need to have strong boundaries and what kind of behavior is acceptable to us and what is not acceptable. But we would likely feel much more balanced in our lives if we aren't demonizing people for their failure to meet our needs or be what we want. Granted, I understand that some narcissists and sociopaths do seem to be all bad. Although most people do have good in them, there are some people who are just incapable of experiencing love, feeling love for themselves or others, and they seem to get enjoyment in hurting people. We may rightfully label these people as not only bad, but dangerous. And some people are to be avoided. 
But others may simply be wounded and traumatized as children and are good people with good hearts, but have some really unhealthy and destructive defense mechanisms. We may be hurt by these defense mechanisms and choose to end our relationships with such people because they continue to be hurtful and destructive. It still doesn't make them bad people. When we can rectify this, need to label others as bad. We also rectify needing to label ourselves as bad. I can look back on most of my relationships and feel compassion for the pain these people have gone through that have caused them to act out in destructive ways. I wouldn't go back or consider having these people in my life again in any significant way, but I certainly don't hate them or think of them as bad people Instead, I see them as deeply wounded. Remember that hurt people hurt people. Black and white thinking causes us to see things in extremes. If you're coming out of a relationship where your heart is really broken, you may find yourself saying, I'm never going to fall in love again. I'll never get involved with anybody ever again. Or, I only ever get involved with a narcissist. The always or never statements are an example of black and white thinking. You always do this. You never do that. These are often exaggerations. Someone may engage in a certain behavior frequently, but they don't always do it. If you find yourself saying, nobody really loves me, I'll never meet someone who loves me. This is not only black and white thinking, but catastrophic thinking. When we imagine the worst and believe it to be true, it's catastrophic. Catastrophic thinking leads us to say things like, I'll never lose weight, or I'll never find love, or I'll never find a good job or anything that you would like to have happen but have not yet found success in. The past doesn't equal the future, unless you repeat the same patterns over and over. If you want a different result in life, you have to do things differently. We use black and white thinking not only towards others, but towards ourselves. We can see ourselves as successful or as a failure, lovable, or unlovable, beautiful or ugly, happy or sad, good or bad, right or wrong, worthy or unworthy. And how we see ourselves can fluctuate with our moods. Someone might adopt a lifestyle change in order to get healthier and lose some weight and be doing really well but they might have a bad day where their mood is low and they find themselves running to the store for a pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And after they binge on the ice cream, they may have an even greater drop in mood and tell themselves, I will never be able to lose weight. I can't stick to a diet. I always fail, etc." They don't look at the seven days they just had where they did really well. They only look at the one day that they didn't. And this is the kind of catastrophic thinking that sabotages our efforts. 
Seeing the shades of gray might involve saying to yourself, okay, you had a bit of a setback, but you've been doing really well and you can get right back on the horse and continue riding. You learn not to interpret a downfall or a setback in all or nothing terms. Being aware of certain words that you use can alert you that your thoughts are becoming extreme. So you're going to be wanting to look for extreme thoughts or thinking. The words always, the word never, the word impossible, the word disaster, the word ruined or perfect. When we're a perfectionist, the need to be perfect and do things perfectly is quite huge. So anything short of perfection may cause extreme thinking. We need to be very careful about trying to be perfect, appear perfect, or seek out a perfect relationship. Because nobody's perfect. We are all human. We all have flaws. And we all make mistakes. Another word I often hear that people use in my practice is destroyed. A client may say to me, he destroyed my life. And this is black and white thinking. If one sees themselves as destroyed, they may have difficulty seeing that they can rebuild an even greater life or a life that's more authentic, fulfilling, and filled with love. When we engage in polarized black and white, all or nothing thinking, we ourselves will idealize and devalue people. Think about how you felt about a significant other when you first met and how you thought of that person when you were breaking up. And just look at at the differences. You might have in the beginning said, oh, he's just amazing. He's, he's such a great guy. I'm just so lucky. And at the end, you can say, I, I'm so cursed. He's such a horrible person. So that that's an example going from that extreme of he's just amazing, perfect, wonderful to he's horrible. He's awful. He's this, he's that. Black and white thinking can cause us to devalue people and discard them rather than trying to resolve conflicts. It can prevent us from seeing people as human with their quirks, their moods, their ups and downs, and accepting people for who they are. Black and white thinking can destroy relationships. We may walk off a job, fire someone, break up with someone, leave an area, or do a number of things because we have devalued that person or situation when we were in a place of feeling hurt or down. The issue is when we recover ourselves and feel better, we may regret our impulsive behavior. Black is one end of the spectrum and white is the other, but life really happens in the middle. This is where all the color is. Even though we talk about the shades of gray in between black and white, I prefer to see the place between black and white as being where the color is. Life is colorful. It's filled with variety and nuances. 
Life is neither perfect or imperfect. It just is. We have so many different emotions, feelings, moods, experiences, ups, downs, problems, victories, fears, failures, successes, gains, and losses. We come to learn that it can be very difficult to label something as either right or wrong. There's so many variables. We can't judge a person or situation without having all the information. And even when we do have a lot of information, who are we to judge? We haven't walked a mile in that person's shoes or know what they're really going through. We can't know what it's like to have a mental illness if we don't have one. Yes, there are things in life we feel are just not right. And in a human sense, we can all agree on some of those things. But other things depend upon our perspective. So you might wonder, what do we do to heal black and white thinking? Well, the first thing is to become aware of it. You can't heal or change anything unless you become aware of it. Ask yourself where it's showing up in your life and be mindful on a daily basis to any rigid, all-or-nothing thinking. Think about any tendency you might have to devalue people who you are hurt or angered by. Think about any times that you might have had catastrophic thinking. When you can become aware of your own tendency to look at things in black and white, try expanding and adding more color. Try looking at the situation from a different perspective. Ask yourself some questions around the situation you are seeing as black or white, good or bad. An example, if you're dating someone who is so perfect that he's almost too good to be true or she's almost too good to be true, this might actually be a sign that you're idealizing this person or possibly creating a fantasy person. But if you realize that there is no perfect person, we all have issues, faults, and flaws, and sooner rather than later, you're probably going to see more of that person, you may begin to look at that person more realistically. When you only see the amazing, perfect side of someone, you may be looking at them through a narrow or distorted lens. People are made of both light and shadows, so you're never going to get just the light. But if you begin to see deeper into that person, you'll notice there's more than just light and dark. There's so many different dimensions, colors, and parts to them. If you look at a narcissist, many narcissists really do have a lovely side to them. This is the side that we fall in love with. But when we see their rather dark side, we often negate the part we loved and tell ourselves that it wasn't real. We can demonize them and say they are the devil incarnate. And it probably feels this way if you're being devalued and discarded, severely mistreated, which is a product of that splitting. 
The reason we tend to see narcissists as Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde personalities is that when they engage in splitting, they see you as all good or all bad, and the treatment you are receiving from them depends on how they are perceiving you in the moment. Some people's shadow or dark side is too dark to be around, and we find it's best to leave the relationship. But the reason so many people have difficulty leaving a relationship like this is because they tend to remember all the good and dismiss the bad. The deeper truth is that they are not all good or all bad. They're just a complex mix with good, bad, and everything else in between. It's just that the bad qualities are pretty intolerable. And this can be the case with many people, especially narcissists. When we stop thinking in terms of black and white, we can actually make healthier decisions, not only in regard to others, but to ourselves, seeing ourselves in a more true and realistic light. People with low self-worth who have core wounds and beliefs that tell them you're a bad person, nobody will ever love you, you're not enough, they, they don't see themselves in a good light. Making mistakes can bring core shame to the surface, which basically says, I'm a mistake. Building self-worth involves ditching the black and white thinking and beginning to see that everyone makes mistakes. We're all human. Nobody's perfect. There's plenty of things that are amazing and lovable about you. You have lots of beautiful colors. And as you truly get to know yourself on a deeper level, you can see and appreciate your own colors, your own rainbow spectrum. As you look at the world around you and the people around you, practice seeing the full spectrum of colors rather than just polar opposites. There's plenty of good in the world. There's plenty of beauty. There's also plenty of darkness. But there's also everything in between. If you find yourself looking at life through a lens of black and white, try switching to a colored lens and see the full spectrum. You may start to see that although your parents didn't give you what you needed, they did the best they could with what they had. And they did give you some things that are valuable in your life now. You might see that your ex-partner hurt you but you did have a lot of good times together and the relationship wasn't a total waste. You might see that your boss is a bit of a control freak, but there are a lot of great things about your job. You might see that your house needs some repairs, but it's a comfortable home. You might see that your best friend wasn't there for you at a time when you really needed her, but she's been there for you most of the time. You may not be perfect, but you are pretty awesome. You have a lot of great qualities and you're lovable. So looking at life through a more wide spectrum lens will give you a more realistic view on things. I want to thank you for listening today. For more information on my work, my coaching, counseling, and hypnotherapy sessions, please visit NarcissismFree.com. 
Have a great day, and I'll see you in the next podcast. Thank you.